0: Hey, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Daryl's Daring Thoughts. Thank you for tuning in. Um, this week, as I stated, we are going to be talking about mental health and health and fitness and all of those things as it relates to us as people. Um, there's a lot going on in the world. And the first episode was all about um, fitness fitness. And getting our bodies right and how that ties to our mental health, which actually was a great segue into these two episodes. This is a two-part um, two, uh, two episode, and we're going to be talking about mental health uh, specifically in the African American community. So just real quick, while you're listening to this podcast, I want you guys to understand that I'm going to be as transparent as possible about myself, my life, my situations, what I view in the world. And I just encourage you to also be transparent in your thoughts and in your daily life. Um, it seems as though transparency has took a back seat in 2019. And I encourage you to be transparent in your life to others, to yourself. Sometimes it's hard and difficult to be transparent. I get it. But transparency, I believe, is what we need to be able to have a better life and better relationships with each other. So just note that when you're listening to this, I'm going to force you to be transparent as I will be with you. And I have a friend here who was um, brave enough and cool enough to come on to talk about that topic um, as it relates to him and his life and pe- maybe people he know in his situations. His name is Brandon. What's up, Brandon?
1: How's it going? How's it going?
0: I'm glad that you came on to talk about this. And this is something that is near and dear to your heart, I know, as well as a lot of people. And before I before I ask you some questions, I just wanted to let everyone know that Mental health in mental health in general is something that we don't take as seriously as we should. Um, whenever people talk about mental health, they automatically think of, you know, white women, and you know, that like they're the face of mental health and they're the only people that have issues, and that's not the case. Everyone has issues, whether it's PTSD, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, whether it's, you know, whatever it is. Everyone experiences it, and but for some particular reason of our own in the African-American, African-American community, it has not been something good to talk about. Um, it seems like just recently, within the last year, more people are coming out and being honest about suffering from mental health issues. And it's a great thing, but I do want to talk about why is it why it's still such a negative trait and looked upon negatively in our community. And I did read some things that states that thirteen point two percent of black people in this country suffer from mental health issues. of those have been clinically diagnosed um, with mental health illnesses. So out of all the people in America, 6.8 million have mental health issues that are African-American. 6.8 million African-Americans suffer from um, mental health issues. So Brandon, I wanted you to come on for a couple of different reasons, but... I know that this is something that you specifically told me you wanted to talk about. And so why is this a topic that's near and dear to you? Um, well, for one,
1: it's something that's right now is like pivotal in the millennium times, uh, everywhere you look and turn, someone is dealing with a mental health issue, um, which you have stated PTSD, anxiety, depression, so on and so on. And, um, at the age of 26 and being a young dad, I feel that I can empower other young dads at the age of 26 to, you know, teach them how to get over it and begin to even talk about it because also um, statistics shows that, you know, the heart rate, I mean, not heart rates I'm sorry, uh, heart attacks in African-American males are at the age of, starting at the age of 20 up to 25, yeah. 26 because of... Stress because of anxiety because of p t s d because of just you know depression and everything like that, and um no one knows that, and uh definitely the millenniums of today don't know how hard that is, and when it hits us, we don't know how to recognize it
0: so you said that there's something that you can help people with. how can you help people with that
1: um being able to become is it
0: something that you've experienced
1: yes, yes. okay uh, I've experienced anxiety uh and it's rough. It's rough. Um, starting from let's see, when I began, when I noticed that it was a problem, I noticed the change in my behavior. I would wake up feeling sad, not knowing why. I would have a a lump in my throat. I would have a a uh, a. Uh, uh, it felt like a a headache times ten, almost like a a band is wrapped around your head multiple and multiple and multiple times, hmm. to where it's like it's hard pressure against your temples and everything like that. And I never understood, like, where these feelings coming from? Like, you know, I I went to bed happy. You know, why am I waking up sad? Why am I waking up overthinking? Why am I scared? Why am I thinking about things that is not even to come yet? And um, I noticed the pattern. Every day it got worse. It got worse to the simple fact that my emotions became very vulnerable um, by Music I would listen to. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was listening to gospel music, I would break down and cry. Right. If I was listening to secular music or whatever the topic may be, like, I would think about this. So it was like I, was, I became a walking emotion. Mm. Um, and I began to feel like my body, my mind, my soul was crying out for help in ways that I couldn't, you know, figure out why. Okay. And that's when I took the step to um, go to the Anxiety Treatment Center of Greater Chicago over in the South Loop and um, actually, like, get some help and understand right. why I was going through the things that I was going through.
0: Right. Well, thank you for your transparency and providing that information. I really appreciate it. One of the one of the um, thoughts that people have about anxiety, for, for instance, is that it, it, it only happens to people when they're in their lowest point. That's what people feel. But that's not for you, right? You've, you experience it when everything is going great. Yeah,
1: I experience it when everything is great, you know. Um, it's not what people fail to realize. Anxiety is not only a DNA uh, in your genes type things. It's a taught thing, too. Like gr- being a child, how parents are uh, overprotective uh, over parent mm-hmm. They can install fear in a child. So when that child grows up, because it's been sheltered due to fear, when it approaches fear, it's not gonna know how to react to it. Mm-hmm. The first thing it's gonna do is panic. Right? Panic causes your heart to race. Your heart race goes into sweating, and pan- so it, it becomes like a domino right. effect or whatever. And a lot of people don't understand right. like that's where it stems from. Um right. PTSD come from traumatic. Experiences yeah. and stuff like that. So when it goes unnoticed, it creates this bombshell of just, like, open emotion.
0: Right. I've experienced PTSD. Um, I've also experienced, I believe, sometimes me, I mean, I'll just be honest. Sometimes I confuse depression and anxiety. Um, because sometimes I, I don't, it, it feels the same to me depending mm. on, what the situation is sometimes i'm depressed about a situation and it causes me to have anxiety right. i think that's what it is or sometimes i have i'm i'm anxious about something and when it doesn't go through then i get depressed mm. about it so i feel like depression and anxiety kind of go um they're brother and sister in yeah, a way and actually uh
1: doing research because like i did, like i say i um i study this as well like i do research on it so it can help me better understand you know, um, and that helps for people who can't go to a psychiatrist and pay mm-hmm. money to, you know, help understand. Like, you can also right. look at videos online on on YouTube and download PDFs about anxiety and, and learning how to deal with it and where it even stems from. And what I learned was, and I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing it, but the m Angela, my, it's part the of whole? your brain. I Look, I can't pronounce it to save sure. my life. Um, it's a part of your brain where you have more abnormal uh, brain cells that represents yes. your fear and everything like that it's and I know I, what she's talking about yes yeah, so I have more so abnormal brain cells than I have normal brain cells so that helps me recognize okay there's an imbalance of hormones right there um so it depends on just where like what triggers what of uh, for prime example when they saw us when they see us came out uh-huh. on Netflix uh-huh. that was it came out during a, a part of the time where I was just in a deep deep anxiety, depression, and Uh I watched it, and I became, like, the most... It made you worse. It made me beyond, like, it, like, I cried for hours. Like, I was upset because it triggered a part of me that, you know, it made me look back when I was a kid okay, and stuff like that. So it's just, it's like a domino effect.
0: One thing I've noticed about having friends and people in my life that suffer from... You know, depression, anxiety, or some type of mental health um, crises. I feel as though I sometimes I don't know how to be a friend to 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 um to, to people, and I'll speak to you specifically because um, we've been friends for some years now, and I don't know how we've had we've had like some little falling outs, <laughs> right. and so, you know, <laughs> it's not something that was particular that something either one of us did it was just it just felt weird Mm -hmm. and i feel like now understanding some of the things that you've gone through i feel like your anxiety probably played a part in some of those things Mm -hmm. but it's like sometimes i don't know how to handle it like i'll like like i'll text you what good morning, Brandon. You know, good morning. This how was your day? What are you doing? What's cracking? And he would not text me back for like two days. I'm like, okay, is this is, is he's going is he going through one of his moments? Right. And it's hard to be a part of that because you think that if you're a person that brings light and happiness to a person you would think that they would want to communicate with you right? so then when they don't communicate with you, you think that maybe you're the problem so then you take it personal and then you text them back, well fuck you then I don't want to talk to your ass anyway so it's like so then that, so then now, now y'all relationship ruined because right. of something no, that had nothing to do with each other that's actually
1: a, a, good, um, a good topic because I was just talking <laughs> about that with a, a co-worker at work, what happens is It's almost like we, you know, your self-conscious talks at you. Mm -hmm. So say, for instance, uh, Brooklyn stepped on my foot. Brooklyn is my four-year-old daughter, by Mm -hmm. the way. She steps on my foot, you know. And I knew it was a mistake. But the reason why she stepped on my foot is it's almost like you, I want to let you know, no, it's not okay what you did. And we settle it, but my mind want to just constantly keep going because it's like, no, I'm not done explaining why I feel the uh-huh. way I feel. And it's almost like what will make you, you can get over something in a day. Uh-huh. With people that suffer from anxiety, it takes weeks because it's like we're constantly replaying a scenario every day in our head. So why so, you
0: don't text me back?
1: Because that's the thing. Like when I saw your name, I didn't see Alcudero text me. I saw what happened Months ago, replay in what my happened? in my head the whole party and you left and you know okay let's that, talk yeah, about that right right, right let's yes. talk about that
0: since we're here because okay so so yeah so we're gonna go we're finna go off script because this is something and we'll we'll we gonna figure this shit out because this is something we've never talked about so this is you guys' first time hearing it so. On Cinco de Mayo, Brandon had a party at his house. It's his new apartment. And Brandon likes to have people over. He likes to have people over, whether he likes them or not. He just likes to have people. He likes to entertain. Brandon loves to entertain people and have guests. So he had a nice little... This is the first time people actually showed up. <laughs> um, Besides his core people that come to his, his events. So I went to his house. I saw all these people here. I said, okay, cool. What he don't know is that I got a side eye... From the moment I walked in the door, from a lot of his guests, and a lot of his guests were some mm, were, were some faggots. I can say it because I am one, so I can say it. So a lot of them sissies was over there <laughs> side eyeing me. Why I don't know. Every time I he has a function and it's the gay and some gays is there. They always side eyeing me. I don't know why, but that you know people just side eye me. So I'm there. I'm like whatever. Ain't nowhere to sit because I got that lace. so I'm standing up. They already have started partying with each other, so it just felt like I was intruding on something. So I'm playing with his daughter. I get side-eyed because Brooklyn runs and jumps in my arm. Yeah, she knows me, you asshole. She knows me. And so I someone made a comment, and I said, you know what? I would prefer to leave his party instead of throwing someone out his window. Simply because I know it's important for him to, because he likes to entertain. And I knew, I felt like this was very important for him to entertain his guests. So it was best for me to leave without telling him the real reason why I was leaving. Because I didn't want it to ruin his party. So I I lied and said why I was leaving. And I did, I did lie and say I was coming back and I didn't. But I texted him that. And I texted him why I left. He never expressed to me that that bothered him. You never expressed to me that me leaving your party bothered you. I knew it did because your actions afterwards showed me that it bothered you because I had to play in my head. What was the last thing that happened to make him now not text back or act distant? Oh, the party. So he is mad about that. But you didn't you haven't said anything right now is the first day you said (laughs) something.
1: So this, this is the thing. Let's go. Uh, and actually marking a point. With the whole, uh, what I found out about me with the whole, like, having company and everything. Because Cordero knows me. I love company. It's not nothing but company and family. He parties.
0: And he throws good parties. He has really um, good events.
1: However, I do suffer from what they consider social anxiety meaning growing up not having a place to fit in because I was so different. So like I cheered in high school. I did everything boys couldn't do. Mm. So I was seen as
0: not couldn't do but they wouldn't.
1: Yeah, do. wouldn't do. I was seen as the gay. So that began like uh bullying and right. then I didn't have a place. So then when I did become friends with people that understood me for who I was, uh-huh. it was like I liked to latch and I didn't want to let go. The moment I felt like that person that understood me walked away It almost like triggered the moment back when people used to walk away from me when I was a child and never explain the reason why, i.e. my dad. My dad walked away, never had an explanation why. And I deal with that. Like if you're going to be distant or, you know, not going to talk to me, just let me know so I can at least know. And I can lay my head down at night, like some days I lost sleep over that because I will overthink like over what I did yes, it, yeah, yeah, that's why I didn't talk to you for so long because I didn't have the words, like what I really wanted to say wasn't going to be coming from me, it was going to be coming from that moment, Is like you allow some eyes to run you away, like it was like what why was the re- like what was the real reason you were there? Was it there because of them or was it because of me? So it was just like at that point, but do
0: you get why I left? You, do, you, do you still not get it?
1: We so we can agree to disagree. Yeah, I agree to but disagree. But
0: I truly did not want to throw no one out your window. <laughs>
1: no, you're fine. Oh. And
0: I didn't want to get you evicted. Like, it was going to be a whole <laughs> shitstorm because I was going to fight. Like, that's how serious it got. But I was thinking it's it's best for me to leave so he can enjoy his company And I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't leaving because oh, Cordero wants to be the center of attention. I honestly left because I felt like, you know, if you have an issue with someone at my party. I don't think it's appropriate for you to tell me at the party. Tell me after the party is over so I can still enjoy myself. And that was your first time having company at your new place. And I wanted you to enjoy it because I know that that's, you love having company. And you get upset when people don't show up. And you always <laughs> you always do it big. So that's why I felt like let me just leave again so I don't throw this bitch out the window. <laughs> (laughs) but no uh but other than that like that's really that's like that's what i knew it i swear (laughs) i knew that's why i was getting shade thrown at me for like like y'all he didn't talk to me for like three months yeah
1: it was it was tough but i didn't know it was it wasn't because i didn't want to it was because i kept replaying what happened over and like i say, you're someone that you're not only just like a friend like you're almost like you can have a key to my house and don't have to say hey i'm coming like you're you're dear to me so it was just like if it was somebody that oh we just friends in high school like i wouldn't have care like right whatever but because you know me and you understand me and it's just like you're there from when i'm like really down and out it was just like damn like i i and I, then I, you lied about the like if you would have told me the truth, I think I would have, like, given you at least two months.
0: Like, no. If, if I would have told the <laughs> truth, you would have stopped. You would have turned the music off. Hey, who's saying something? What's going on in here? And I didn't want that to happen. But we're going to agree to disagree. I, I'm glad. I, I'm glad. I mean, it took the podcast for me to get the truth of what was going on. And, okay. But that's okay. But let's go on to the next topic. So So what I wanted to talk about is – oh, I'm sorry, y'all. Let me – Collect my thoughts. I just got some truth out of him. (laughs) And we didn't, ooh, I needed that truth. That's just crazy right there. So, our community, our African American community, and mental health, I did do some breakdowns of my issues of why I truly think there are issues in our community. And I broke it down from religion to family, stereotype and police brutality you already touched on the stereotype um part of it when you were talking about when you were a cheerleader and how they how guys treated you but just because you were a cheerleader they they automatically thought you were gay and they bullied you and things like that so we talked about the stereotype portion but i do want to talk about um the religion religious um, portion of it because I was having a conversation with someone recently about why they asked the question, they said, why are black people so clingy to the Bible? And what I, my issue with that is in our community, it seems as though if you, there's no such thing as depression and anxiety, they take it to the lord in prayer right <clears throat> that's the thing take it to god in prayer there's a whole damn song about it <laughs> take it to the lord in prayer leave it at the altar walk away from it get in your word you know, you don't need no mental health doctor, doctor. You know, God is the doctor of all things. You know, he's the prescriber. He will heal you. You know, that's right. what we've been told. So, yeah. That's what we've been told. That's what we've been taught. I've never heard anyone get up and do a testimony and say they went and saw their doctor and they helped them through their mental health crises. They, it's always about religion. And I honestly think that that has done damage to us. Yes.
1: <clears throat> um, And I can speak highly on that. Being brought up in church, um, the word church within itself and religion is just two things that they stamp on us as if they stamp on you need a degree and diploma to graduate, you know. So it's almost like we are brought up knowing that if I don't go to church or if I don't attend church, I'm automatically going to hell or whatever like that. And um, nowadays it's just it's damaging to those that are really hurt Mm -hmm. because not saying that I don't believe in God. I do with all my heart. But sometimes I can question the saints and say, well, at this moment, I really need to hear his voice. They say, talk to God, you know, like. I really sometimes I really need him to talk back in a verbal mm-hmm. way and mm-hmm. not through a subliminal message or through a song mm-hmm. or through a Bible verse. And they're so quick to throw that. And mm-hmm. I I made a status on Facebook before and I said it's a shame that we pay strangers money to talk when we have free listeners around us every day. Hmm. And it's just like we can pay Doctor Phil and Doctor. Chemistry to talk about our problems, but it's like Ayala. we have your mom, we have your mom, and we got dad, and we got grandpa, and we got grandpa, and we got cousins and aunties. But it's just like where are they like the last time my mom told me to talk to Jesus when I when I made that status, she told me to talk to Jesus.
0: I think the problem also comes from um it's 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 embedded in us, and I th- I personally think it goes back to slavery. Because when we were slaves, when, when when blacks were slaves, the only thing we had was the Bible. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let us read. They wouldn't let us do anything else. Everyone just had hymns, and that's how hymns were created. And people started singing. And I think everyone only relied on their faith mm-hmm. to get them out of that situation, to get them out of that. And I think because that was so embedded in... Our, in in Christianity and with African Americans that you know all we have is faith to get us through. I don't think people want to pay attention to, you know, go see a therapist, go see a counselor. You know, maybe you need to, maybe you need medications. Mm-hmm. You know, they think if you're on medications, you crazy. You crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know we 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 are really big to call people crazy, um, and say, oh, you just need the word. And I think that that is really damaging people, especially because a lot of people our age or younger are really experiencing these things more than ever. Mm -hmm. And the older generation, because of them not dealing with their own issues, it came down to us. And now we, we, so many of us that are committing suicide that are just lost, have no one to turn to. And everyone's not, everyone is also not religious. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone, some people believe in something, but that you know, I may not believe in your God. Right. I may not believe in your way of how you think you should do right to get to heaven or who you serve. So to keep, and, and we, we didn't, we didn't have a chance to choose and decide what we wanted our faith to be. It was told to us as kids, this is what you're going to believe right. in. So we didn't have a chance to choose like they chose or who, whomever. So we had no choice, but to say, okay, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I'm baptized. I believe in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Everything that they tell me is right. We didn't have a chance to to, um, to think outside of what we wanted until we got older and we started asking questions. Right. And the moment we start asking questions, we're shunned away or something is wrong with us. So that's the part of the religion aspect of it. But I did want to get into the part about it, about the police brutality. Yes. And um, I'm actually literally going to skip over the other things i want to talk about but i real quick i did want to say for people to know mental health doesn't discriminate of your race you can be uh, african americans have had uh, we we, we've had lack of knowledge of this and we have moments we don't trust doctors we've been improperly diagnosed diagnosed because of our race and it's a lot of things that have happened that have hindered us to really get the seek the mental health that um treatments that we deserve but i think now is a great time for people to start going to the doctor go to your doctor first don't self-diagnose yourself don't get on md what's that thing um don't go on wikipedia don't get on um what's that medical um, md yeah, WebMD. Don't get on WebMD M- and diagnose yourself. Go see someone so you can get properly diagnosed and you can figure out what it is that you want to do. But one thing, men, uh, police brutality, I truly believe, has caused a lot of us to have PTSD issues, uh, anxiety, and depression. I know uh, plenty of black men and women who get pulled over by a police who instantly cry instantly get upset upset and instantly just... have PTSD issues I know you could talk about it um but I know what I can um it, it's it's depressing it's depressed the hell out of me it's really depressing and it's scary because you don't know why you're getting pulled over I can they could just be flashing lights for me to get out the way so they can go past me and I instantly mm-hmm, start sweating up. because I don't know if I'm gonna die honestly. And I know you can speak on that.
1: Yeah, um, one evening, Sunday night, coming from my mom's house, we were having family dinner. I was dropping my grandmother off. It was 1130 at night, and uh, she lives on a main street. But at that time, there was no traffic. But as we were pulling up, it was a weird guy, like, in the bushes of her home. So it started her, and she was afraid to get out the car because we don't know what that guy was up to. So we just sat there for for a few minutes and uh, coast the scene or whatever like that. With us sitting there with my hazards being on and a seatbelt, everyone's in a seatbelt and everything like that, a uh, detective cop uh, pulled behind us, came to the window, knocked on the window, uh, asked for my license and registration. I instantly, uh, you know, it's my first time being, not my first time, but I know how it goes. I'm a clean guy. My car is clean. You're not going to find anything on me, whatever. But for this particular reason, something told me do not roll your window down. So I said, okay, well, uh, what am I rolling my window down for? He's licensing registration. I said, okay, well, what am I rolling my window down for? So my grandmother, you know, getting a little bit tense, she asked for my ID. I give him my ID. They began to racially racially profile us. Uh, began to ask me did I have anger issues? Was I licensed to carry? Was uh, Brooklyn, which at the time was in the back seat of the car, was that my child? Um. Just everything asked my grandmother to stop step out of the car and got her ID and I was I started getting getting furious so I told my grandmother you know stay there like you're not going nowhere and they was like ma'am if you don't go in the house we are gonna I'm like no she's gonna stay right here her house is right here she's gonna stay right here you don't have to give them your ID or anything so I proceeded to call my mom and um they just kept kept going on where we can take matters further as if they were like threatening me or whatever and they were just like having a ball like they were laughing about Jesus. it they were joking about it and like here it is. Three African-Americans, me being the only male, they're trying to work me up to give a reason to do whatever, trying to get my grandmother to go in the house or whatever, take her ID and threaten her and stuff like that. So by the time my mom got there, uh, they gave me some type of citation and then she, uh, they rolled off and was laughing and stuff like that. And from that moment on, this is why my license is suspended because I never paid the court fee to get it, you know, uh, renewed because I felt that that was wrong. But where was my voice? I didn't have a voice. It was two dirty cops in the courtroom looking for a quarter. And it was just like what they did to me was devastating because now when I get pulled over, that scenario plays in my head. And I get real tense with the police to the point where if I began to talk, I'm going to get mouthy. and It's going to get disrespectful because it's just like you have no legit re. Why are you pulling me over? Right. You have no legit reason. And it's always the, the ones that have the leaders. It's always the... The partners of the black cops. The black cop never comes to the window. It's always the Caucasian partner. Mm-hmm. How about you both approach me? What are you
0: What are you stopping me for? So, um, so since the, how long ago was this? This is like two years ago. So every time, every time, the encounter since then, you automatically get tense because of that. Yep,
1: and it never fails. I had another one not too long ago, for no odd reason. She, sir, I'm going to need you to step out the car. What am I stepping out the car for? What am I stepping out the car for?
0: Yeah, and it happens because um, we're, we're going to continue this conversation. To follow me on social media, you can go to Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. Um, it's Cordero underscore Santiago. Follow me on Instagram to just stay in touch with everything I'll talk about. I'll update you on. Um, the upcoming episodes and things to look forward to. I'm so excited that I have an email address now for you guys to send me requests for topics, any questions you have regarding a topic that I've already discussed, or if you just want to vent about something that's going on in your life that you want me to talk about on an episode, I have an email address for you to do all of those things. The email is darrowdaresyou at gmail.com. So I'll spell that for you. Darrow, D-A-R-O, D-A-R-E-S-U, DarrowDaresU at gmail.com. Um, but before we go, I do want to say that I did, um, I put up a survey in regards to everything that you just said. And this survey survey was done with 40,000 40, black people that have either a personal connection with someone who has been shot by a police officer or who like the rest of us see it played out all the time and out of that 40,000 people that were surveyed or have a connection with them, all of them every last one of them experienced some type of PTSD when it comes to police officers so everyone that was surveyed they experienced PTSD from it just by hearing what happens in the media or just experiencing it themselves or or whatever that goes on they have PTSD from that and that's something else that we don't talk about at all but the next episode we're going to talk about how to overcome these things so there is a light at the end of this tunnel and i want us to talk about how we overcome them so stay tuned